and welcome to the Cage Fight Podcast. Uh, I'm Jess. I'm Mike. This is Taylor. And, uh, and uh, we have we have a very special guest with us uh, this week, um, a host of the Self-Esteem Party Podcast and a comedian that I was hoping would ghost us because uh, I'm really nervous uh, now. <laughs> Alana Johnston is here. That, thanks for coming on, Alana. Alana, sorry. See, I'm a- um, hi, everybody. I just want to say I had requested um, that the hosts do mention me wanting to ghost them in case I need to leave in the middle of the podcast. Um, this will just be me saying to you, your wish has come true. You're welcome. So uh, if you guys... Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you so much, God, Mike, Dave. If you guys stop hearing me at some point, it's because I'm just trying to do a favor to my new friends. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of, yeah, we, we uh, brought her on here today to talk about the movies Con Air and Seeking Justice. I'm sorry, are we forgetting somebody? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, we forgot Dave. Engineer Dave is here, too. Oh, yeah. Um, nah. What's up, dog? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's, he's cool, I guess. I don't know. He yeah, communicates he's... 90% through that soundboard, so. Yeah! Oh. I I gave Dave the shout-out. I said, God, God Mike, Dave. I, yes. Dave, I'm here for you. Thank you! <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave! He is a very messianic figure, so. Well, yeah. Alana's already on Team Dave, uh, so we should just end <laughs> this. It's nice here. to have someone like me on this podcast <laughs> for once. I got you, man. Uh, yeah, D- Dave is here, um, and he's... Uh, Getting baked in the studio. <laughs> yep, probably. So, but yeah, so we're all gathered okay. here today to talk about Con Air, the the Cage classic that I know everyone has been waiting for. Speaking of getting and, high, oh yeah, yeah, high in the air in a plane uh, with cons. Yeah. yeah, there's no cons yeah, to getting high. No. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the whole title really sums up exactly what's going on in the movie, yeah. and it's such a short title. It's very impressive. Yeah. It's almost like the main antagonist name drops the title of this movie several times. <laughs> now, when you really think about it, it's a clever name because Khan is short for convict, which is short for something probably, and air is where a plane goes. Yeah. So that's what the movie's about. Well, the convicts, <laughs> because they have convictions, unlike every fake motherfucker Yes, out there, so. yeah. exactly. Yeah, that's that was my takeaway as well. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> really, everybody in jail are the only real people, so. Yes, the true heroes, except for Danny Trejo. Uh, yeah, <laughs> in this movie, yeah. Not, in general, though, maybe. Yeah, uh, maybe. Danny Trejo's- Has he been uh, canceled? I don't know. No, I think he's a pretty good guy. Uh, I watched his uh, Instagram live once, uh, and he was like in a in his- garage just having the time of his life so uh hey man sounds like a good guy to me hanging yeah. out in a garage i'll <laughs> yeah. take Love it hanging out in a garage and it, it, was, it yeah, was a modest garage not? not like a jay leno garage so you know yeah. you gotta like the guy oh yeah dude honestly you gotta like someone that makes use of their full house don't you be rude and buy a beautiful home and not use every inch of it you know what i mean yeah oh. there, like there's so many episodes of cribs where you walk into some mega celebrity's house and it's like where's your wall art yeah. where's your you got a couch and that's it it's it's a big house are you guys talking about me and my cool door behind (laughs) me my wall art (laughs) yes we are okay if you're gonna burn me come out and burn me okay i I, I know i'm the celeb i didn't realize it was gonna be that obvious uh but (laughs) yes uh we're actually here to uh queer eye your house (laughs) 
I guess without further ado, we can just launch into Con Air. Uh, that'll be the first one we're covering. Yes. Have we covered what the name means? Oh, yeah, we did. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we, so we did we'll, do yeah, that We'll keep part, going. Um, so this movie came out in 1997, <laughs> was rated R, directed by Simon West and written by Scott Rosenberg and was produced by Jerry Bruckheimer. Do we, do we know, uh, are we, are we all up to date on Simon West, uh, the director of this movie? Uh, no, no. This, this is his film debut, but, uh, he has, uh, directed a movie that we've discussed called Stolen. Oh, wait. Uh, oh shit, he directed Stolen? Yeah, the oh. Nicolas Cage, uh, not so much classic, but a uh, beloved favorite. Uh, yes. No, Stolen's um, a fucking classic. That movie rocks. He also directed Expendables 2, When a Stranger Calls, uh, Laura Croft, oh. Tomb Raider, and the music video for Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. <laughs> wow. <laughs> This guy what? has one hell of a career. I've seen three yeah. of this guy's movies. I didn't even realize it. Yeah, and I've seen his music video from uh, all, like all the worst people on the internet posting it what the all the fuck? time. When a stranger calls, <laughs> God, that that movie's fucking garbage. Is that the remake? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, that, that movie. Ori- yeah, that movie's fucking garbage. <laughs> I think it's great. Okay, um, fair enough. I don't really remember it, but... Uh, I've never seen it, but based on the title, it sounds like it's got a lot. Uh, the original's really good, <laughs> in my opinion. It's, it's, Is that uh, Hitchcock? No, no. The original, I can't remember what it was. It was like a like a small budget thing, but it's like, you know, the the urban legend where it's like... Uh, the call's coming from inside the house. Yeah, that, that's where that came yes. from. That's where that came oh, from, was, from the original okay, movie, a, so... Babysitter growing up, I mean, that was literally my living nightmare. And oh, boy, yeah. were we were we pulling that prank on one another? That was a hot <laughs> topic. Oh yeah. If uh, if I were Simon West, I would have had the killer in that movie uh, pick up the phone and say that I'm never gonna give you up. I'm never gonna <laughs> let uh, you down. Yes. Uh, okay, that's it. Now who's getting kicked off the podcast? Yeah. Come on. Oh. We're not bringing up ancient memes here. Yeah. Uh, I already lost the game once today, okay? Yes. Um, <laughs> it's 2008 in here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie had a runtime of 115 minutes, a budget of $75 million. And uh, does anyone want to guess if this was red or black? I think it should be pretty obvious. I think this is in the black. Yeah, yeah, this has got to be in the black, baby. Mm-hmm. Yep, $224 million. So this is uh, maybe his most successful movie. Of oh, Nick Cage? No, no, I think the Croods is. Actually. Yeah, the Croods is. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, the but Croods is, is his most successful and uh, artistically his best. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. <laughs> on Rotten Tomatoes, this got a fifty-six percent on the tomato meter and seventy-five percent <gasps> from audiences. Terrible. Yeah, I know. Absolutely criminal. Critics. Oh no. Well, just like the convicts, it's criminal. Critics exactly. are like uh, divided on this one. Yeah. Well, the audiences isn't though, right? No, the audience is seventy-five percent. So okay, that, yeah, that's, that's pretty good. Yeah. That cl- that tracks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Either either Siskel or Ebert can fuck off. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> uh, well, they're both dead, so I mean, <laughs> they both fucked off a long time ago. But uh, that's that's all Maybe. I have for the basic facts. If Mike wants to hit us with that trivia, um, yeah, I got some trivia for you. Uh, oh, I also forgot to mention that the writer of this movie, Scott Rosenberg, wrote uh, Gone in sixty seconds, the oh, sh- other greatest movie ever made. <laughs> Um, oh classic. yeah, zero to a hundred and sixty, right? <laughs> Got it. Or zero to sixty, that's it. Um, I think so. Zero. You to, know what I'm talking about? Where they're like in ten seconds or something. Something about yeah. It's like when a car um is really fast at 
being fast. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, like accelerate. <laughs> I don't know, man. All I know is it's my favorite movie. Yeah, I don't know anything about cars, <laughs> but I will tell you, it's fun to watch them get stolen. Yeah. Um, That's true. Uh, so if you recall from our uh, Face Off episode, um, this movie was filmed at like the same time as Face Off and released within like three weeks of it. So just a banner year for the cage man. I'm wondering how that worked with his hair. Was he like wearing a wig in this one or did there's he no way him? he wasn't. Nick Cage's hair has never looked like that. I think the uh, longest his hair majestic and definitely real. The longest hair his hair has ever been was in Zandali, and I, I don't even think that shit was real. Uh, I'm agreeing real. I think I'm going real on this one. I'm yeah, going fake person. It looked pretty real to me. It I mean, looked good. I, I like the touch. Or it's, yeah, it like, I don't know if I need to touch it, but it definitely <laughs> looked real. <laughs> I, I don't know. I guys. almost had I, you I think I draw the line. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, this film uh, featured the friggin' uh, Leanne Rimes banger, How Do I Live, um, which debuted in this movie, but was not, I didn't realize, not performed by Leanne Rimes in this movie. It was performed by somebody else. Hmm. Uh, okay. Trisha Yearwood. I've so, never heard that name before in my life. <laughs> uh, Leanne Rimes, I hope you cashed in on that. Uh, <laughs> And yeah, How Do I Live was uh, nominated for an Academy Award for this movie. One of two Academy Award uh, nominations for this movie. Best original song. <gasps> Wait, really? Uh, best original song and best sound. Um, and uh, it lost in both categories to Titanic. Oh. Um, oh, yeah. Which is uh, a tough that goes without that saying. Yeah. Celine Dion yeah. versus Leanne Rimes. It's, it's an impossible decision. Those two classic songs. I mean, if it was Celine Dion versus Busta Rhymes, though, we all know who would have won. <laughs> yes. Have Busta and Leanne yeah! ever done an album together? That'd be they should. sick. <laughs> um, let's see. <laughs> I'm definitely tuning into that EP for sure. <laughs> um, I got one for the Cage Body Count. Uh, this movie was filmed in Utah, and a welder died when a plane oh, fell on him. Oh, no! Um, when a plane fell on him? A plane fell on him. Is it, uh, is this wasn't Dave Chappelle's corpse? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was Dave Chappelle's corpse. It oh might have been. Oh, my God. So that's a body count of, what, two so far, right? Because, I mean, there were accidents and stuff, but just yeah, Joe and uh, then this movie. Well, I think Cage has uh, killed a few people. I don't really <laughs> I, remember at this point. Yeah, uh, that's true. Listeners weigh in. Whoa. <laughs> There's been a wild. lot of deaths associated with Nick Cage movies at this point. It's actually pretty morbid. Uh, yeah. yeah, man. You guys are not joking around on this podcast. Uh, You're coming in hot with the facts. Yeah, man. Our facts. notes are very different. A we, lot of my notes are about how this really launched Leanne Rhymes and she won our hearts. Yeah. <laughs> she <laughs> won a lot our of hearts. my notes. Um, and uh, unfortunately, there was one welder who didn't get to hear the song. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh my so, gosh. Uh, terrible. Oh, Thank you, Dave. Yes. <laughs> uh, this, uh, uh, at the climax of this movie, they destroy a real casino. Oh. Um, because uh, the, which one is it? The Sands Hotel uh, was about to be demolished. So the filmmakers were able to persuade the hotel owners to wait a few weeks and let them help with the destruction by flying a plane into it. Okay. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. That's yeah. pretty fucked yeah. up. Yeah. I agree, Jess. Coolness. That's awesome. The climax was originally supposed to take place at the White House. Oh. They were going. I, do you think they would have actually flown a plane into the White House? Because that would have been cool. Yeah. They should have. I bet they would have. Well, I mean, did they already destroy the White House in Independence Day like the year before? 
I, oh yeah, yeah, a couple of years before. So they didn't uh, even have a chance to rebuild it yet. So I just, yes. it just it wasn't. Well, they in the were cards, still rebuilding so. the White House from the events of the Will Smith accident. <laughs> it's um, called the Will Smith incident. <laughs> That'd be a good band name, actually. Uh, Simon West has stated that if he did a sequel to this movie, uh, he would like it to be set in space. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'll get right on that. Uh, a movie where they're all robots or the convicts are reanimated as super convicts or where the good guys are bad guys and the bad guys are good guys. Oh, I'll, I'll take that. Yeah, I'll take that last one. Role reversal in space? Oh yeah, God. you got um, that. That would be wackier than like the idea for Gladiator 2. Like that fucking rocks. I believe dude. the sequel in space would be called Con No Air. <laughs> yes, uh, exactly. Um, or Super Con Sans Air. Yes, um, Super Con yes. Sans Air. Uh, I just got a, I just got a couple more for you. Kid Rock based the song American Badass on Nicolas Cage's character. Oh. From this movie. Shit! <laughs> so I love have, that. So we have this to thank for that, do we? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, and I will say, Dave, a noted fan of Kid Rock, because I think you own, uh, I think you own that that first album of his on cassette and CD. Is that correct? Yeah, and Dave, you actually, oh, uh, <laughs> you voted for him in the last election. I'm pretty what? sure. Yeah. Uh, it was a Kid Rock Kanye West ticket. So. <laughs> So, uh, props to Kid Rock. I, uh, I'm hoping once we get to the movie The Rock, um, there's like a character named Bawa da Ba da Bang da Bang Diggy Diggy. Um, but I guess we'll find out. Um, and so the, the last two things I have uh, uh, are additions to the stuff that Nicolas Cage has done to get into character. Uh, one, he did his own stunts in this movie and uh, traveled to Alabama to perfect his accent, which is yeah. a great accent that he obviously worked very hard on. Yes, yeah. he really perfected it during his time there. <laughs> is, is this the first um, movie he shot in, in Alabama? Because this movie takes starts in Mobile. Probably. Because it's know, amazing. Like, you have this movie beforehand. starts in Mobile and then another movie set in Mobile that Nick Cage was in was one of the worst movies of all time. Yes, that's true. One of the best, <laughs> right. actually. Yeah. Oh, I, th I thought you were talking about Joe. Um, and no, the movie takes place in Texas, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who knows? Uh, I don't host this podcast. I just... Uh... I just work here. <laughs> and was, was that your last fact? That was my last fact. Because I have another fact, if you'd be uh -oh. interested. I am. So I went on the Wikipedia article last night, and <laughs> I didn't go over the box office stuff. I just scrolled down to see, like, production stuff, because I always find that stuff fascinating. One of the actual airplanes that was flown in this movie crashed in Alaska in 2009. Really? Killing several people. Oh. So, oh, so my God. Another cage by the Why? Why are It never so ends with this murder. God. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people... I don't know. I mean, you see the freak out, the cage rage compilations, and you think, wow, he's just a good actor. But no, he's, he's an actual monster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, we love his work, but uh, yeah. he is... Killed many, uh, many people. So. Yeah, well, you know, it's all about yeah, separating the art from the artist. And no, I'm yes. sure, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, he puts like, yeah, he puts Dexter, Green River Killer. He puts every serial killer in history to shame. Mm -hmm. Yes. Real and fictional. Well, of course he does. I mean, when you own 700 castles, you know, you're <laughs> Yo, bound yeah. to be the best. And you own the T-Rex <laughs> skull. He also, yeah. he, also literally, he also literally owned a mansion that was owned by a serial killer. That's a fun fact. Yeah. Well, yeah, he doesn't he own the T-Rex skull anymore. 
Um, yeah. He had to give that back to the Mongolian government because it was stolen. <laughs> ah, was that my favorite they... Nick Cage stories? He bought it for like three hundred fifty thousand dollars at auction, and then found out it was stolen from a museum in Mongolia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but now. I guess uh, we, we might as well jump into a plot summary and uh, buckle up, everybody, because this can be a long one. A lot happens in this movie. <laughs> Does it ever? Um, there is no breathing room in this movie. It is <laughs> packed. So uh, Cage plays Cameron Poe, who is an army ranger who has just returned home to his pregnant wife. And while at a bar, three men attack them and Cage accidentally kills one while defending himself. So he's sentenced to like 10 years in prison for manslaughter. So... That's another thing I want to add, right? I, I feel like that opening of this movie was incredibly contrived. A little bit, yeah. Like, it's like, oh, here's this honorable man who's trying to defend his wife. He accidentally kills somebody in the justice system when it takes him down. And it's like, that doesn't fucking happen. Mm. Like, you know how many Marines, like, murder people and rape people every day and don't get anything happening to them? That's true. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> But do they do it at home? <laughs> yeah, they do, actually. Fair point. <laughs> And then also, like, the judge in the scene is like, you know what, you're in the military, so I know you're an animal. And it's like, no judge would ever talk to a soldier like that. Yeah, uh, in reality, it would be like, uh, you're a hero, so I know that uh, you can do no wrong. Yeah. It's like, God, why does it smell like moldy banana bread around here? (laughs) That was also a line in the movie, Dave. Thank you for playing that clip. Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) Working his magic. Hi, um, is this oh, the, uh, the potato company? <laughs> I think Dave also has several clips of Jess saying how much she loves Kevin Spacey. Oh, God, I don't have that. <laughs> I've never said Jess loves Kevin Spacey. I don't, <laughs> I, I don't know where this came from. <laughs> okay, okay, back on topic here. So over his years in prison, Cage sends letters to his wife and daughter and keeps in contact, and he's getting parole for his daughter's eighth birthday, or I believe it's her eighth birthday. Yeah, something like that. And he has a little pink bunny for her as a gift for when he sees her for the first time, because he was put in prison before she was born. uh, What a shitty gift. Can't phone an Xbox dad? I haven't seen you in eight years. Yeah, it's like, no offense, but kids starting at three have iPads, and I don't care if they weren't around then. (laughs) You gotta figure something out. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they need something shiny or bright to to. Yeah, that's what poke I'm at. saying. What about a light bright? Get <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the kid a light bright. What's with this bunny shit? You know, I think this movie came out in '97. Why didn't you just get a Sega Saturn? Yeah, like come or What on. about a Tamagotchi? Ooh, oh, okay. Or a Furby, yeah, right? This dad. Uh, Thank you, Dave. You know nah. what? It is my promise to you that if I ever spend eight years in prison, that I will not lose touch as Cameron Poe did. Yes. So. Yeah. Wait, is this promise just to me? Okay. <laughs> yes. This is a pretty, we only just met. That's a pretty big commitment on for both of us, really. <laughs> yes, I will. Uh, Alana, if I, uh, when I get a released from prison, I will have the newest iPad for you uh, as a gift. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, so uh, to get, to his uh, his parole hearing and his family back in Alabama, Cage has to board a special prisoner transport airplane. And uh, this plane is overseen by John Cusack, who plays U.S. Marshal Vince Larkin. Which at this point, John Cusack is tied for Peter Stormare as the most frequent Nick Cage collaborator. That's true. This is I true. They're both at three movies so far. Our third uh, Cusack appearance. And uh, yes. is this our second Buscemi? Uh, well, there's Zandali. 
There's yeah, yeah. Zandali and that's yeah, the only maybe, one I can that, think that, of. He's the only probably. good part of Zandali. Um but Cusack is working closely with the DEA who plan to put an undercover agent on board as a prisoner in order to get information from a captured drug gang member. Also on board the flight are several convicts who are transferred to a new Supermax prison. Uh, they include Cyrus the Virus Grisham, who is uh, played by John Malkovich and has done virtually every crime that a human being can conceive of, I think. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's pretty much like the mega boss of the criminals. He's been in prison consistently since he was like 14 and has murdered like 12 people or something. Yeah, he's essentially the real life Nick Cage of this movie. <laughs> yes, 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 exactly. Yes. <laughs> Uh, Murderous but charming. Yes. <laughs> There's uh, Nathan Diamond Dog Jones, who is played by Ving Rames, who is a member of the Black Gorilla Family, a real black power organization founded by author George Jackson. I really don't think they meant to do that organization, though, because I don't know. Yeah, they. Well, I, I, I think they probably they just like, picked a name like out of a hat. Sort of serious like huge terrorist organization that's causing a lot of trouble but um, yeah i think they just picked a name out of a hat and they're like probably learned 20 years later as a name of a real organization like well oh, well oh, shit okay scary. And, yeah. and, and he also uh he blew up the nr uh, nra meeting yes uh because they quote unquote represented the basis negativity of the white race and is that wrong? <laughs> no, I don't think so. No, not really. <laughs> Is that really wrong? I think we could take those NRA pigs down yeah. a few. Yeah, you know, I, I was I was rooting for uh, Diamond Dog the entire movie. I'm like, you know what? You got that W in the first place, and I'm going to give you another W if you win. <laughs> it's hard not to root for Ving Rhames. Mm -hmm. Real powerhouse. Um, so there's also William Bedford, who's not played by anyone notable, but is a mass murderer in the film. And uh, Dave Chappelle, whose uh, character name I did not bother to get because I was too Pinball. busy being shocked by the fact that Dave Chappelle was in this film. <laughs> I mean, to be <laughs> fair, this was before that. he did like any, he wasn't even in like half baked yet. Yeah, yeah this is a uh, early Chappelle, a very yes. early Chappelle. Yeah. Yeah, I think he's supposed to be like an arsonist or something. Well, that would make sense for what he does in the movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's Danny Trejo also, who is just like a mass rapist, and that's basically his only character trait. Don't they call him like 23 or something? Yeah, something Johnny like 23. Johnny, Johnny yeah. yeah. Because, yeah. Well, he, he he's raped a lot more. Yeah, according to him, uh, if they knew the truth, uh, it would be like Johnny 600 or something. Yeah. Real stand-up character. Just great, great dude. Yeah, it was like, I think the only reason why he was single is because he was in prison, you know. I yeah, think it would be yeah. a different story. If he was out, he seemed really approachable. He yeah, all of like, his other personality traits are yeah, yeah, pretty great. Was, yeah, exactly. Like, give good. him a chance, guys. <laughs> He's got a lot to offer. He's just a nice guy who uh, got a bad rap. <laughs> no, that guy was, that, <laughs> that character was messed up. I was like, yeah. wow, we're leaning into this, and he's really leaning into this as well. Yeah. <laughs> so that was wild. Yeah. Yeah, he seriously leans into it. I'll, I'll, I'll talk about it in a little bit <laughs> uh, as we keep going on. But yeah. And uh, lastly, the last notable person on there is named Baby-O, who is Cage's diabetic friend from prison who is in bad need of his insulin injection, which the guards keep neglecting to give him. Uh, just um, like in real life corrections. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Actually, yeah. As somebody who's worked in corrections, I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, the... They don't shy away from showing the way, like, prison guards really act in this movie, actually. They're very yeah. brutal with uh, most of the prisoners. Even the more relaxed ones, like Cameron Poe. Yeah, because <laughs> this is America. Uh, when you break the law, uh, you stop being uh, human. Yes. Yeah. 
as the flight takes off, the convicts start their escape plan. Um, Malkovich and Rames pull like literally nails out of their yeah. own hands. Like, yeah. <laughs> Embedded in their skin. Ooh. And they use them to unlock their cuffs. Then uh, Dave Chappelle sets the guy next to him on fire. Yeah, he has like a, a little bag that he swallowed. Yeah. And it, inside of it is like some. It's like a condom full of like lighter fluid <laughs> yes. or something, right? Like, yeah, and right. a match. And a match, yeah. Is. Super dry still. Yeah, and I believe uh, Dave Chappelle calls that guy a racial slur for Native American at some point, right? Yeah, there's there's uh, <laughs> there, there's a few things that he says. Uh, that there's, a, there's a lot of racial dialogue in this movie. Aged well. No. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, he sets the guy on fire, causes a distraction, and the prisoners break loose and just take over the airplane, unlocking every con and telling the pilot to tell ground control everything is okay. Uh, Danny Trejo, upon release, immediately tries to rape the the one woman on the airplane, a guard named Bishop. But uh, Cage stops him, and Malkovich, who is pretty much the ringleader of this whole operation, also says, like, no, I fucking hate rapists, and you're not doing that right now. So there, There's a funny um, funny dialogue just before they get released where um, Nick Cage is talking to the – not Cyrus the Virus, but the other guy whose name I can't remember, the, the white guy who's, like, segregated in the cage. Oh, yeah. Um, Billy Bedlam. Yes, where Nick Cage says, uh, I'm admiring your cage. Fits you pretty good. Mm-hmm. Just got to break the fourth wall. At and, some then point. He, and then he winks at the camera and he says, that's my name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he gave out his address and phone number, which I thought was a fun twist in the movie. Yeah, yeah. I, I do, too. Uh, so the Khan's plan is to land in Carson City, as was in the original fight plan of the airplane, let off the six prisoners who were supposed to get off while disguised as guards, all of this just to avoid suspicion that they've taken over the airplane, and then fly the plane to a country which does not extradite prisoners to the United States. However, three of the six prisoners who were supposed to get off died in the scuffle as the Khan's took over the airplane, so they have to come up with three new people to send off. And uh, Cage initially volunteers, but when he realizes that Baby O can't get off because uh, they need three white guys because the guys who died were all white, he lies and says that he has 15 years left and had like a change of heart. And he's like, I'm, I'm going to go be free with you all, um, <laughs> which will become relevant. I was later. scared That's of freedom is what happened. So he's really going to stay behind and make sure that Baby O gets his insulin, who will die if he does not get it in like two hours, I think was the time frame. They gag and bag a guard and the pilot and some other dude get a con who knows how to fly the airplane to pilot the plane and then send that whole crew out. The Uh, pilot, who, of course, is the air marshal from the plane on Lost, right? Come on. Oh, yeah. No no other Lost stands? Come on. Oh, recognize whoever the hell that is. (laughs) He was there. Was the the air marshal who had Kate uh, in cuffs? Yeah, he, never he's mind. not a smoke monster. I'm not going to recognize. Him. <laughs> uh, also, the guy uh, who played uh, Swamp Thing was one of the others on Lost. So uh, oh. let's just watch Lost. Come on, guys. Yeah, let's do it. Um. So and uh, the the undercover DEA agent who also died in the plane takeover, Cage goes up to his body and ends up finding like a tape recorder that had been recording the whole time and recording the whole situation. So Cage secretly puts this tape recorder on the gagged guard that they're sending out there as one of the prisoners uh, so that when he gets searched or whatever, they they get the message that, you know, the cons have taken over the airplane, that this is con air now. Um, 
So they land and things seem to be going off without a hitch. Uh, prisoners are brought on board, including serial killer Garland Green, played by Steve Buscemi, who does not get enough screen time in this film, as far as I'm concerned. Not really, doesn't. I, I like this character. I I like uh, Steve yes. Buscemi for being just in a, general, and for I being like a him violent serial killer. He's a very likable character. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um. However, through like a series of events, uh, like Cusack essentially realizes what has happened on the airplane that the cons have taken over. So he calls the cops to like pull up on the plane and uh, the cons like the small shootout begins, but the cons board the plane and take off again, leaving Dave Chappelle behind who tries to run and catch the plane, but does not make it. In more ways than one. <laughs> so, and my thing is too is he runs after the plane as is taking off. I don't think you could run that fast. It yeah, probably not. <laughs> well, he was uh, pretty horny right before the plane took off, so maybe he was using oh, some of that energy. That's to... true. Yes, yeah. He it. saw that plane as a pretty lady, so that's what got him there. Exactly. So. Yeah, it's definitely one of the hornier planes I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty hot plane. Not as hot as the one from Face Off, though. That gets like destroyed in that one take. Oh yeah. To, but top five hot planes. <laughs> Certainly on this podcast. Mm -hmm. The hottest plane are those 737s that auto crash. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> oh, my God. They get very hot on impact when they explode. I'm sorry. Do they get hot enough to melt steel beams, though? Uh, no, but burning paper does. So, okay, fair enough. Uh, on the flight... The landing gear won't rise, and Cage is sent to figure out why. And he finds Dave Chappelle's corpse just jammed <laughs> inside the gear. And he writes a message about the flight plan on the shirt before tossing his body overboard, which lands in the car of a civilian. That and scene is is just so fucking perfect. Yeah. Where it cuts <laughs> to the old couple sitting in their car. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Dave Chappelle's corpse falls on top of it. Yeah. Yeah, that scene fucking rocked. I love that. It, what, and what a stupid plan, obscure too. Obscure actors. That guy was uh, Billy's dad on uh, Twin Peaks. Oh, oh shit. <laughs> That's such a stupid plan, because, like, I mean, I mean, I've never seen a body drop that far in person, I will say. But, like, I don't think a body would, like, survive a fall like that in pieces enough to read anything. I've mm -hmm. actually fallen further in Maybe the uh, as being be. very strong. Uh, just oh, sorry, absorbed yes. the shock of it. Yeah, look, uh, look. you you have the like strength of uh, Bruce Willis and Unbreakable, where you can just like survive anything. Basically, yeah. I have the strength of ten Chappelle's. Oh, exactly. if, if you're looking for plot holes in this movie, you'll find many. But like, that's not <laughs> we. Just turn your brain off when you watch this. That's the point. I agree. I, I yes. Think. Um, There's so much yes. happening constantly in this movie that I can't imagine stopping to identify the plot holes. I'm just along for the ride. Listen, I'm a fucking insufferable nerd. I have to do it. <laughs> The one that got me is why wouldn't they just hijack the plane after Carson City so that they don't have to do this whole transfer where with suspicion on them? I mean, if you had a big plan to take over a plane ready to go, you really think you'll be able to wait the first half of the flight? No way am I going to keep a secret that long. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> just waiting to pull that pin out of your palm. Just That's what I'm saying. You're dying to do it. Yeah, I, you would be pretty jumpy. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> so on the ground, Cusack pieces together that someone on board is obviously trying to help the authorities and that Cage is the guy. He f basically narrows it down that it can't be anyone else. He's the one guy who's actually like on his way home and yeah. has a reason to not want to hijack a plane. Yeah. <laughs> After getting relayed the message that was on the note, he knows the runway where the cons are going to land and he speeds off in a car out there to go get there before the plane does. Yes, and we haven't mentioned the uh the douchebag that he's working with, but it's the douchebag's car uh yes. that he yeah. takes. 
And in John Cusack in this movie <laughs> basically basically plays. Sucks. I wanted ba- that guy to die. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, John Cusack in this movie basically plays like the Jerry Bruckheimer equivalent of like a pinky commie lib. Oh, yeah. And the other guy plays like the redneck guy who's gonna get shit done but fails yeah, every he time. He drives a fast car and he wants all criminals dead. And I think there's a line of like that guy probably recycles, and it's like, dude, that's too on the fucking nose. Like, come <laughs> <Yeah>. on, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> so uh, on the flight in the cargo hold, the mass murderer Billy Bedford is looking through Cage's personal effects and finds his parole letter, and he realizes that Cage is lying and he's trying to stop their plan. He's working against him. Uh, this exchange also contains the most famous line in the film, far and away, put the bunny back in the box. Can you put the bunny back in the box? Which, by the way, is a better Southern accent than Nick Cage in this movie. <laughs> Which also would have worked as the title of the movie. I agree, yes. <laughs> that is a really good... <laughs> put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> it should have at least been like the subtitle, you know, like the... Yeah, kind yes. of. Put the bunny back in the box. <laughs> yes! I love this. <laughs> so uh, Bedford attacks Cage, but Cage kills him. But also they're alone in the cargo hold, so none of the other cons see this. Uh, Cusack arrives at the airfield just before the cons land, or rather borderline crash land. And uh, they realize they've been double-crossed and the second plane that they're supposed to board isn't there. So they send Cage to get a refueling truck. Sorry, I know I'm blowing through a lot of stuff really quickly, but a lot of stuff happens. Yeah, yes, it does. <laughs> So much happens in this movie. It's honestly insane. It is. Uh, Cage uses the opportunity to find needles so he can inject Baby O with his insulin. And uh, during this, he bumps into Cusack, and the two don't initially trust each other, but uh, they kind of begrudgingly work together. And uh, Steve Buscemi has a tea party with a little girl he sees nearby. It, that yes, confused me because I thought this place was completely deserted, but there's just a girl in an empty pool so, playing. So, so there's a weird <laughs> thing. So there's like a you just blink and you miss it. But there's like something in the background where there's like an RV park or something. Oh. It says like something base RV park. So like I guess people like having a vacation next to an abandoned airfield slash junkyard. Like I don't get it at all. Mm. And also, once again, it's a very sweet scene. Uh, a violent serial killer hangs out with a little girl. So and it yeah. goes the way you'd expect. They become the best of friends. I believe that's yeah, how it works this, in real life. So, This movie is essentially the odd couple. It's uh, everybody's <laughs> yes. partnering up with their new friend for different reasons. And you know what? I'm into it. Yeah. I think if you like put a serial killer and a little girl in a room, it would always end well every time. Yes. <laughs> I think I think it's uh it's it's trying to convey that the two most deranged people uh, on the earth are serial killers and children. Uh, yes, very yes, true. Absolutely. <laughs> so the cons spot the military in the distance, which is rolling up uh, on Cusack's orders, and they prepare for a shootout, having found a bunch of weapons and storage on the plane. And uh, during the shootout with the military, Cage like ties the plane to a rock with like a fire hose or something it's, yeah. it's odd <laughs> and uh danny trejo's like yeah fuck the shootout i'm gonna go try and rape that guard lady again because he's Jesus very Christ. single-mindedly focused on rape yeah the, he, um, he really has no other no, no it's like dude you're so close to the finish line where you can go to a country that won't extract you you can rape whoever you want but you just have to do it here mm. yeah just, come on man just calm down mm. for one fucking second dude seriously now, uh, but Cage stops him, just beats the shit out of him. It's rather satisfying. Uh, and he gives Baby O his insulin. And now Baby O isn't dying. And uh, the cons are forced to reboard the plane and take off. They've got to retreat. 
And uh, when they see the tether tied on the thing, they like shoot it off. But that basically immediately tips off Malkovich, who's like, hold on, somebody tied us down. There's a traitor on board. And uh, he kind of deduces that it's like Cage and Babio, and he kills Babio. Yeah, Babio so, tries to take the fall for it. Yeah. Uh, and Wait, Cage does, feels bad. Does Babio die? I thought he just got shot. Oh, I guess he did just get shot. I don't think he's fully dead. Yeah, I think they take him away on an ambulance at the end. Well, uh, well sorry, That's spoilers, but There's so many things. I'm yes. sorry. <laughs> but he did shoot him. Yes, he did. So he shoots Babio. You're not supposed to uh, eat bullets when you have diabetes. That's yeah. true, yes. There's a lot of glucose in those. So uh, th- this also has the line, make a move and the bunny gets it, which is uh, another good one. I like all the bunny lines. Frankly. Yeah, the bunny lines are pretty good. <laughs> um, Especially, uh, well, I, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but I will say my favorite bunny line is when he finally gives it to his daughter and she says, uh, what the fuck is this, dad? Um, <laughs> yeah. give, yeah, me a, give me a new dad, please. Yeah, it's like, the, dude, this shit sucks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Malkovich is unable to kill Cage because the military is there shooting down the airplane with their Apache helicopters, which you could also see in the Cage classic Firebirds, Firebirds which uh, Seeking Justice originally was pitted against. Absolutely. So many It all comes full circle it on all this comes podcast. Full circle. So Cage manages to take over the cockpit and he forces the pilot to land, but because they have an engine out from the military attack and low fuel, they're forced to land on the Vegas Strip, which is... Kind of a cool little sequence there. Which they take out a Hard Rock Cafe sign, which that is the second movie work. where Hard somebody. Hard Rock Cafe is some of the best food. I I would imagine. There's also the second movie where there is an emergency like abrupt landing in Las Vegas. That's true. Um, hey man, what goes on in Vegas stays in Vegas, yeah, and absolutely. that's the Nick Cage rule. Yeah, and but, we'll uh, end it there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So once the crash landing ceases, and this is the scene where they destroy a real casino, and it was really cool. Uh, was that co- the casino in the movie Casino, or was this a different casino? Pretty- I think it was the one from The Hangover. Oh, okay, yes, that makes sense. <laughs> the cops roll up and begin arresting convicts, but uh, Malkovich, Rames, and the just some other con, nameless con who I don't care about. I can't remember his um, name, but I looked him up, and he's like supposed to be like a tech expert or something like that. So yeah, I mean, he took out the transponder. That, uh, and like put it in the other plane. Oh, he did. Yeah. Well, no, Chappelle put it in the other plane. Oh, yeah, but he like he worked That's around it. it he like awful. wired it up. He like hot wired the fucking thing. Okay. Yeah. So he's he's pretty good. So he can drive. Yeah, he can fly a plane. He can drive a fire truck. Yep. So they they steal a fire truck <laughs> oh, and that's drive something. away. That's that's the guy from one of the guys from Lost. Oh, oh shit. Okay. okay. And uh, Cage and Cusack hop on motorcycles and chase after, which if I was Cage, I'd just be done at this point, frankly. No, I yeah, think I've like, done my job. But, dude, just go home. He's like, got <laughs> commitment. So he hops on that motorcycle and he jumps from the motorcycle onto the fire truck in a badass sequence and just like directly or indirectly manages to kill all the cons on board, essentially, uh, on the fire truck. Don't forget, John Malkovich gets his head squished yes, by yes. a giant press. Yeah, like, uh, he, yeah, there's, it's like a convoluted sequence where he gets launched, but he gets his head squished by a big piston, and it's it's kind of cool. But yeah, so uh, once it's all over, Cage sees his wife and daughter standing there with the emergency teams. He walks up, and he gives his daughter that bunny that he's managed to keep safe all this time. They stare at each other from across the wreckage, and the Leanne Rhyme song plays again. Yeah. And all our hearts are filled with joy. Yes. They, they yes! <laughs> yeah! There's a happy reunion. Yeah! Uh, Steve Buscemi is not captured and is gambling in the casino. <laughs> 
And uh, then we get the credits where Sweet Home Alabama plays because Kate is from Alabama in the movie. So what's really funny about that, that ending where Steve Buscemi like makes it out, it's like, oh, so Nick Cage, you uh, you killed everybody except for the guy who's killed the most people on that plane by yes, far. That's true. What? Yeah, he said he killed like 123 people or something. No, they, they said 30 uh-huh. for Steve Buscemi. But still, like, yeah, you're going to It's like, oh, serial killer gets let 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 free and he gets a gamble. Yay. Uh, is, happy ending. He's well, like, like, he didn't kill that little girl. He's he one of the sweetest killers. Yeah, and it's like happy ending or set up for a wicked spinoff. Yeah. Ooh, maybe, maybe, maybe that is the sequel idea. He shows up yeah. in space uh, and oh. connects his spaceship oh, to the the spaceship with the prisoners on it and drags it back to Earth. I, and the little girl is his co-pilot. Yes. yes. For, the, for the spaceship. She's grown up now. She works at NASA and she's ready for the mission. <laughs> you, think, you think we could pitch this? Uh... Well, let's do it. I, I have another Nick Cage connect, or I should say another Steve Buscemi connection. Is Remember in Zandali, the other movie he was in, he was in jail. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that was before he escalated to killing people. <laughs> oh, yeah. It starts with uh, stealing a air conditioner or whatever the fuck. <laughs> he's doing yeah. Yeah. So what's everyone think of Con Air? Uh, this movie rocks. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Bonafide classic. Yeah, this movie deserves its classic status. Very fun movie. Uh, Like I said, if you think about it too hard, like you'll find plot holes or whatever. But like this isn't the type of movie for that. You just sit down, you watch the the goofy stuff happening, the explosions, the shootouts. And it's it's freaking awesome. There's some really cool action set pieces in here. Like yeah, destroying an actual casino. I assumed that was a set. I didn't think it was an actual casino. That yeah. that was really cool. Yeah, when you watch a movie um, like this, you get a big bucket of popcorn, uh, a booklet next to different racial slurs that you have to read to <laughs> decipher all the dialogue in this movie, and also another another fun character that you forgot to mention, the gay slash trans person. Yes, yes. Okay, <laughs> I did I did have it in my notes, but I skimmed over for time. That yes, there appears to be some maybe trans representation. Not good, mind you. But <laughs> what I'm what I'm thinking about that because this was 1997. I think they were just like haha, gay girly man. Mm. I think that's what they're going for. I don't think they were going yeah. for trans. It was, eh, I mean, it was 97. Once again, we need to. Yeah, I think that was meant to be a punchline that just does not land in 2021. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like either this movie doesn't age well or it was ahead of its time. It's yeah. hard yeah. to tell. Yeah. It is really hard to tell. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it yeah. was 97 and you're like, wait, were we right on the button or were you guys like thinking way down the right. road? No, yeah, it's, like, if they're trying to make it funny, it's so not funny that uh, <laughs> it it. it it could be super woke. Yeah. It's like it's like sleepaway camp. It's like, is this woke or is this not? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't know. Mm. Knowing Jerry Brockheimer, though, it was not. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. This uh, this movie has some interesting problematic vibes all over. Yeah. It, so. I think my favorite thing about this movie and all Nick Cage movies is for the most part, he's like the good guy with a tough break. And it's always like, you're always, it's always made to be that you're rooting for him. It's the same with seeking justice, but you're like, you're doing bad. Like he kills someone. Like you're also doing bad things. Yeah. But it's like, well, he's the good guy. He had no choice. <laughs> but it's like, he you always have a choice. <laughs> yeah. Let's say, let's say well, in both these movies, there's another connection is that he's trying to protect his woman. Oh, yeah. Yes. I had that in my notes too. His blonde wife. 
He has a type. He has a type. Yes, he does. Uh, yeah, I kept thinking that was January Jones in this movie after watching <laughs> Seeking Justice first. But is an actress named Parker Posey, I believe, was her name. Oh, that was Parker Posey. Yes. Oh, I did not did not realize that. Oh, I didn't either. Damn. Some things I realized in this are like uh, the '90s was definitely like the golden age of the action movie. I feel like. I, I agree. Know. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, the fact that Face Off and this movie were like released a month from each other. Should tell you how good the action movie scene was yeah. back then. Imagine <laughs> going to the theater uh, in 97 and you just fucking face off Con Air, Titanic, one really long night. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or yeah, like imagine going to theater and being like, oh, God, which one do I want to watch? Mm-hmm. Whereas like now you go to theater and you're like, oh, there's like maybe one good movie. <laughs> See, <laughs> Titanic, uh, they needed more uh, like serial killers on the boat. Yeah. Uh, they need Steve Buscemi. On there. <laughs> exactly. Um, I will say the the one thing that is slightly disappointing about this movie is that uh, Nicolas Cage gives a fairly subdued performance. There's no real like Cage freakout. Uh, yeah, which, I love I love how the one memorable line of this movie is a very subdued d- d- delivery. Yeah, yeah, he's he's a very calm uh, character in this movie, which yeah. I mean I guess is intentional. Um, yeah, but he's because he's lot being of s- so sneaky. He's so sneaky, yeah. right? So it's like yeah. you have to act like everything's normal with the big plan. And because I noticed that too, I was like, oh, he's really like quiet. (laughs) I thought the same thing. (laughs) Yeah, I guess uh, unless anybody else has some thoughts to throw in, um, Uh, we can move on to the Amazon. No, No, you you guys covered most of my notes that I had. I'm glad. Uh, You know, I do think that I think Dave might have something to say about this movie. Oh, Dave, yeah. can you could you uh, uh, just give us your rundown of what you think this movie is about as someone who uh, did not watch it? Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the whole movie. That actually sums it up pretty well. I would say, there's a lot. There's... <laughs> is this Chet Hanks? <laughs> You know, a common theme that I've noticed is that Dave seems to think that most Nick Cage movies involve hacking in some sort of manner. <laughs> yeah, or they're hacky. I'm not really sure what his commentary yeah, well, is. Either he thinks Nick Cage is a hack or he thinks he's a computer hacker. You know, I think the thing is that Dave really focused on the the guy who was fixing the transponder. He's like, he's hacking the transponder. Ah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think okay. that's what he's going for. Well, thanks for that, Dave. Glad to see that you are, in fact, paying attention. Um, and it's like hacking is like yep. my life. Yeah, it is your job, life, buddy. Dave. <laughs> there you go. Um, so I do have some uh, Amazon reviews for you folks. Mm-hmm. Um, my first one comes from Joe, who uh, wrote a review called uh, Greatest Action Movie of Joe, the 90s. Wait, that's the, actually Nick Cage. Yeah, the protagonist yes. of Joe? <laughs> the protagonist and titular character of Joe. Joe um, Ransom. And Joe writes, this movie has it all. Great cast, great action, and great story. Before superhero movies, we got big epic action movies like this. It's a lot of fun to watch. But it might be too masculine and testosterone heavy for 2019. <laughs> Since SJWs complain about everything involving tough, masculine, barbaric men. But as for the rest of the population, you'll enjoy it. 
pretty messed up my dad left that review (laughs) (laughs) that's messed up joe johnston is one of those titular sjw's i love this fucking movie yeah me too (laughs) as somebody who's a virtue signaling sjw cock yeah i love this movie Mm -hmm. yeah i'm a i I would call this movie an sjw a super justifiable watch (laughs) oh yeah Um, so take that yeah uh i have a review from stinger six who says, our favorite actor and a great movie. Um, I don't care what anyone else says. Give my wife and I Nicolas Cage over Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, and Brokeback Jake any day of the week and <laughs> twice on Sundays. <laughs> Brokeback Jake! Wow. When I didn't know we were making these comparisons. <laughs> when was this review written? 2020. No fucking shit. The, the first, the first three. This, this guy, like, uh, for some reason, Jake Gyllenhaal is uh, listed with Tom Hanks and Brad Pitt. In, yeah, I don't know, what action odd. movies has he been in? Well, well, I mean, Tom Hanks has not really. Oh, I guess. No, he's I, I know. I mean, I mean, Brokeback Jake. Oh yeah, yeah, Brokeback Jake. Uh, Wasn't he in Spider Man? Yeah, he was in the, the, the last Spider Man. Yeah. He was the villain uh, in the last yeah. Spider Man movie. Oh shit! But. Yeah. He was also in a movie where... <laughs> now uh, I'm like, wait, what was he in? <laughs> there was also a movie where a plane crashed and killed him. Donnie Darko. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, <gasps> That's another connection right. Another connection to Nick Cage movie. Yeah, so uh, Brokeback Jake, uh, maybe try a little harder and you will win Stinger <gasps> oh Six's God. approval. <laughs> Who the fuck is still referencing Brokeback Mountain in 2020? <laughs> uh, I'll reference it as a great movie. Uh, Fair three, enough. Yeah. Uh, makes that's me about cry it. all the time. Um, Big Ang Lee head over here. Yes. Best Hulk, best Jake. Uh, I have a review from Tex Music Nut who says, great company to do business with. Great product. I will buy from these folks again. So five stars from Tex Music Nut. (laughs) Great company. Yeah. Love this company (laughs) of Amazon. Love this company of cons and their air service you know like sometimes you fly delta sometimes you fly united but you should really be flying con air exactly yeah, yeah they have fantastic air miles you, mm-hmm. you guys got to get in on this program yeah and they uh the stewardesses come around and they serve you toilet wine uh, <laughs> could you imagine a, a fucking like airline that uh, all the stewardesses are just dressed in like fucking prison orange <laughs> their chains are jangling around yeah. like do you want pretzels or Peanuts. <laughs> jangle, jangle, jangle. It's like, hey, no, it would be like, you want, uh, you want like fucking meat sticks or do you want like fucking ramen? That's what they serve. You want a cigarette or a battery? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, I have a review from LJ85 who says speed is a better mass transit based thriller. Uh, oh. And LJ writes, uh, Cage's accent needed to be lighter the after the main mode of transportation doesn't match speed. Speed goes bus to subway. This goes plane to fire truck. Still 90s action, but the accent weighed it down. And what's with Cusack's suit like he lost 20 pounds? Three stars. It's in the 90s. Uh, yeah, yeah, Dave, you, you, you know fit. back in the 90s they had giant suits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, have you ever seen uh, David Byrne? The, uh, the, Dave is David Byrne, by the way. Yes, oh, yes, yes. I believe Dave still owns some of those like big '90s suits. You you bought one from uh, Charles Barkley, I think, right? No, oh, yeah. yeah. What? Dave goes down to the Burlington Coat Factory and gets pretty much whatever's closest to the door. He's like, you know what? Hey, man, worth the drive. Yeah. He's Absolutely. like, where's the big and tall section? Eat no bigger. Yeah, big. taller, taller. 
Uh, I have a review from an uh, Amazon customer who says, A bit misleading. I purchased this movie two months ago, uh, expecting it to detail a new hair dryer model from the popular maker of the hair manipulation appliances. What I actually received was an utter disappointment. It has nothing to do with hair dryers, but rather tells the story of a group of convicts who overtake an airplane, transferring them to another prison. Hence, the misleading name of the movie. While I must admit the movie was filled with suspense and was actually quite enjoyable, Nicolas Cage is a terrific actor, it was nothing I would have knowingly purchased. Uh, so beware if you are expecting a DVD about hair dryers, do not buy this. Uh, okay, back back me up, guys. If the movie had been named Con Air Put the Bunny Back in the Box, this, this problem. would not have happened. It would. Oh, exactly. my God. You're absolutely right. And, um, right? You know, it's somebody, a crying shame that they, they created this atmosphere of oh. confusion for our Amazon patriots. Like that I just imagine, like, somebody going to the Amazon customer. So they bought it online. They see the package. Like, this is a really thin-looking, like, hair dryer. Fuck! It's one of those uh, collapsible... Uh, uh, hair dryers. <laughs> but wait, I, I feel like this has to be a bit though. Um, I think it. I think uh, it might be. There was because like, I, who orders who orders a DVD about hair dryers? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, there, there's definitely some people trying like to be uh, cheeky. How it's uh, made or something in the reviews. Yeah, but if it's in no, no, I I agree, Jess. If it's like, what was this ninety seven? It would yeah. be like the tutorial how to use it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like that, that. That could be real that those DVDs yeah. did exist, but the fact that. They got the wrong DVD, but then just watched it. It's like, <laughs> if this is real, is amazing. This review <laughs> was <laughs> written in 2001, uh, oh, sh shortly after 9-11. Oh so God. there's no irony in the world at this point. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but no, I, yeah, you're right, though. Like, back oh, yeah. in the like late 80s, early 90s, there were self-help VHSs and DVDs for everything. Totally. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yes. They're like, yes. hey, you, you want to play kazoo? Like you want to, I don't know, you want to adopt a snickerdoodle or I something? I just want to like, find out how to crimp my goddamn hair. Uh, well, the uh, the last review I have is from Piano Guy eighty seven, hmm. who writes, uh, "John Malkovich is the only actor on here you want to root for." Oh, three stars. Wait, you want to root for the murderous psychopath? <laughs> I think. Uh, I will say John Malkovich does a really good job in this role. All actually. right, I, I believe he, I believe that does. review was written by somebody. Was it D. Morgan? Right, I think. Uh, yeah, the the captain. Yes, or Jay Dahmer. I just yeah, Jay I, Dahmer. I feel like if you're gonna identify a, a hero from this movie, maybe John Malkovich isn't it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but more power to you, I guess. I yeah, should. <laughs> Uh, and that's that's all I got for Amazon reviews. Um, okay. I would say three stars for this good movie. It would be five stars, but um, I didn't have time to finish it. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, if that's all you have for Amazon reviews, that kind of wraps up our discussion of Con Air for the moment. So we're going to take a short little break and then we'll be back to discuss Seeking Justice. Yeah. Oh, wait, quick. I just thought of one. Uh, Con Air Pro. I'm pro ground. Okay. Uh, yeah. okay, now we're getting somewhere. Welcome 
Welcome back, everyone. We are here now to talk to you about Seeking Justice. This is a returning champion from the first round where it beat Firebirds back in episode 15. We were so young then. Yeah. Not really. <laughs> there, that, yeah, that was only like the probably 20th yeah. Nick Cage movie I'd seen. And now I've seen like, like 60. 60. Yeah, I, I think I've only seen like three less movies than you guys have at this point. Yeah. I've aged like 15 years since we started doing this podcast. Yeah. So I've also aged 15 years since we started this episode. I agree. <laughs> oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Damn. She Honestly, I was hoping, yeah, I was hoping Dave would come in with something hot. I was like, I'm going to cue him up. I'm going to see if he can get on this because I'm team uh, Dave. Everybody knows that. <laughs> yes, I'm great. And this is why we have Elena on, where we need someone to keep us in check. Yes, I agree. yes. absolutely. <laughs> so... Seeking Justice came out in the year 2011, directed by Roger Donaldson, produced by Ram Bergman Productions. <laughs> a very real production. <laughs> it's a real name. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, that's what you get when you combine Ingmar Bergman with a large horned animal. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> The Los Angeles football team. <laughs> Uh, runtime of 105 minutes, a budget of $30 million, and a box office gross of $12.3 million. So this one did not when do I, very well. When I found out this movie had a budget of like $30 million, I'm like, no fucking way. Yeah. This movie does not look like it was made for $30 million fucking dollars. I've yeah, seen movies, where did that money go? Yeah, I, I've seen movies that were made for $30,000 that look better than it this. It probably like, all went directly to Nicolas Cage almost. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. And January Jones. I mean, she was a big name back then. Oh, I mean, yeah, that's she, true. She wasn't actually, but January Jones was never a thing. She is now because of that uh, Will... Forte show is it Will? I always mix up Will Forte and the other guy who's on. Yeah, it's Will Forte. Yeah, last la, you're talking about the last yeah, man, last on, man Earth, on Earth, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't quite say oh. he's he's my forte, unfortunately. Oh, I'm on. not a big fan of him. So, well, uh, well, good was, thing he's not in this movie, or yeah. you have to <laughs> seek some justice. Hey. <laughs> so, right. uh, this one got a 28 percent on Rotten Tomatoes, uh, 30. <laughs> So yeah, not not well liked by critics, and a thirty nine percent from audiences. Oh. So also not well liked there. But um, wow, terrible. Yeah, a uh, bit of a stark difference from Con Air. Still a contender though. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. our votes are not decided yet. Yeah, it's we true. we've made a lot of spicy takes when it comes to what critics say versus what we say. So <laughs> I'm gonna give a quick plot summary here. Uh, it's not gonna be full in-depth one if did, you did want we to hear do that go trivia? back and to episode 15 did you do the trivia already oh, the tri yeah the trivia is also in episode 15 oh it is okay uh real fans know that's <laughs> true <laughs> i've literally listened to every episode but i totally forgot i'm sorry god uh but so just a quick plot summary here which is still a little long but uh nicholas cage plays a man whose wife is raped and he is approached by a man in the hospital who says he is part of a secret society that will take care of that guy for him. Uh, but he'll ask Nicolas Cage to do a favor uh, for someone else in response. Cage agrees. The rapist is killed, but he is soon forced to kill someone else by this man who is named Simon. Uh, he attempts to talk to this target who he's supposed to kill, and the guy, like, attacks him, but ends up falling off the side of a walkway into a car and dies. So, like, it looks like Nick Cage killed the guy, but he didn't really. And uh, after getting arrested by the police for murder, he gets released by a police officer who is also a member of this secret society group. 
I think everybody's a member. Yeah. Yes. Isn't it called the Seeking <laughs> Justice or something like that society? Or what the fuck is it well, called? Well, he said a few individuals who are seeking justice. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Uh, it's like, I call them the jumping rabbits, baby. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's like Nicolas Cage walks into like a Target and the cashier's like, the hungry rabbit jumps. <laughs> okay, so God, what? <laughs> why are there bunnies and rabbits in both of these movies? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Put the hungry rabbit back in the box. And let it jump. <laughs> so uh, he finds out the man that he was tasked with killing was an investigative journalist who was working to expose this group of, of vigilante killers that Cage has become entangled with. And uh, knowing that members of the group will try to kill him to keep him from talking to police or revealing the story, uh, Cage goes on his own quest to uncover more evidence and exonerate himself. After going through what the Jed journalist had found, he is able to determine the real identity of Simon, the man who's leading this group, and arranges a deal to swap the tape that will exonerate him for all the information about the organization. This turns into a confrontation with Simon, who is killed by Cage's wife. Uh, she was kidnapped. And uh, the cop involved with the organization lets Cage go, saying, like, you weren't ever here. And then... um. The movie ends with Cage being exonerated, but he's also turning in the information from the dead investigated journalist to a reporter, and the reporter takes it and says the organization's code phrase, the hungry rabbit jumps. So they're still out there. Oh, um, they're always watching. Yeah, that's uh, pretty much the whole plot of the movie. So I guess uh, Taylor and Alana, uh, everybody's heard Mike and I's opinions before, but we haven't heard yours, so... <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll let uh, you go first. Taylor. Oh, I'll, Taylor, I was going to say you oh, go okay, first. I'll fine, follow I'll go your first. lead. Uh, this movie wasn't very good. <laughs> I didn't care. I didn't care much for this movie. I mean, I will say the first act of this movie is unwatchable garbage. Mm. I think it's crap, like legitimately awful. And in fact, hilariously enough, I think the very first line of this movie is, are you wasting my time? And I put, this movie's wasting my time already. <laughs> um <laughs> After that, though, especially after they kill the quote unquote child pornographer who ends up being an investigative reporter, I will say the movie does get quite a bit better. Yeah. But that first act, like I said, is just unwatchable crap. The first act is pretty slow. I also noticed the maybe it was the definitely legal means through which I watched this film. Uh, but like the the color grading looked kind of wonky. Yes, and also especially the, in the first act, the legitimate version I had too. Uh, the title was in Spanish, <laughs> uh, which is funny. Uh, the dialogue was in English, ah. but just the title was in Spanish. Um, and it was also really cool seeing uh, T Dog and uh, Deborah Emily Rose Morgan in this movie. Yeah. Um, so I I do think they should have they should have had uh, Jennifer Carpenter's character in this movie be possessed by a demon and also swear a lot. Yeah, because I would have really I, utilized mm, her character very well. Ideally, yes. So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, is why I said Taylor go first. You're just going to take all the words right <laughs> out of my mouth. That's why you're going to say it better than me. Please. And That's probably the, right. So, like, I like that you sample everybody else, but I need more samples because just saying yeah is not much of a sample. I agree, Dave. Thank yeah! you very much for that. Um, and also, there was the other, the one, one other thing. This is the best part of the movie is when T Dog. Falls off the highway and gets hit by a car and dragged for like 200 feet was the funniest fucking part of this oh, movie. God. Yeah, that that part was. Uh, that, that, that was, was yeah, really that funny. That was wild. And I'm like, man, you did T Dog dirty, dude. Don't do that shit. <laughs> was wait, this movie came out 2011, right? Yeah. So he literally, I yeah. think he just started The Walking Dead at that point. This is like season one, maybe two 
of the show? Um, yeah, probably. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere around there. And I know, I mean, Dexter was in season like four or five or six at this point. So and they were like pretty much at the peak of their like TV careers. Yeah. So but maybe that's where the other $30 million went oh, with yeah. T-Dog and fucking Jennifer Carpenter. Actors. Which I will say his real name is, I believe, Iron Singleton, but I... T-Dog. Just, yeah, T-Dog. We'll just call him T-Dog, yes. Uh, Alana, did you have uh, more thoughts? Yes. Um, okay, so Taylor, I don't know if you would agree with this or not. I also found the beginning to be quite painful to watch. My point as to why I think it was that way is because... I don't think any couple is that in love. So I'm sitting here <laughs> watching Nick Cage and January Jones be like, we're so in love. We have such love between us. And they're not like newlyweds, right? This is oh, like shoot. a married yeah. couple. They've been, you know what I mean? They've been in it. And I was like, I'm not buying this, that you guys are like so happy so that you play with my emotions and I'm so much more devastated by the rape or whatever. I'm like, there's no way you guys love each other this much. So that right there, I had a big, and nothing to do with the plot. I just had a big problem with how unrealistic the love was. Yeah, if they yeah, wanted us to buy it, they would have stared at each other across the room and How Do I Live by Leanne Rhymes would have played. Yeah. <laughs> and as somebody who's been in many, many failed relationships and no marriages, I don't know what love looks like. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Yeah, you know what, Taylor? Um, manager expectations, because it is not this movie. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. Also, another thing that was really distracting, uh, most of my notes, by the way, are not about the movie. Another oh. thing that was really distracting was... I found January Jones was too small and I was worried if she was ill. So that's a side note. She's very skinny uh, in this movie. Yes, yeah, she is. she's very tiny in this movie. And I was like, and I was also trying to figure out, um, cause I, I didn't look anything up, uh, before I watched it cause I didn't know anything about it. And I like going into stuff blind, right? Not to not know yeah. what it is. And so I also was trying to figure out what point in her career was this? Um, and I was like, wait, what else has she done or what else? Whatever. Cause I was like, she, this is like, this is pint size. I mean, this is wild. Yeah. So that was like a really big distraction for me. <laughs> unfortunately. <laughs> um, okay. And okay. This was another one where it's like Nick Cage, like Conair is like, he's a good guy, but he's put in a tough spot. Uh, you know what I mean? It's like, this is the theme with him where it's like, no matter what, he's a good guy, but he's in this tough spot. You know that? And I thought, sorry, go ahead. No, that that's definitely him in most Nick Cage movies, I would say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? That's what I, okay, because I'm not as, obviously I'm not as familiar as you guys are with all the movies, but <laughs> the ones that I've seen, that seems to be the case. Um, and then I, I will say this, it's like, he's not that good of an actor in this like he can definitely act better than what he's doing in this movie but mm -hmm. i still was into him like i because i love revenge i love anyone revenging anyone <laughs> and he got revenge and then he was trying to revenge that revenge and i was like you know what <laughs> everyone in this movie is revenging someone or something and i want in layers of uh, revenge so <laughs> that that was actually yeah, a note right? i had like on my rewatch, is this movie technically a very convoluted rape and revenge film? Kind <laughs> of is it? It. it definitely is. Yeah. <laughs> well, this movie yeah. has so much. This movie has so much fucking revenge. I feel like uh, Park Chan Wook could watch this and be like, "Damn it, I should have made a quadrilogy." <laughs> 
<laughs> uh, well, uh, my, my only last note, and let me, let me ask you guys if you think this appeals to all Nick Cage movies, but, um, this is a general I had, I think Nick Cage is one of the best actors at realizing something. So it's like he, you know what I mean? Like someone will say something and then he kind of gives that eye look and he's like, wait a minute. And I find that he also did it in Connor too. When he realizes something, I'm like, he does it better than anyone because he's, he's making such a meal out of the realization. Did you guys notice that at all? Or is it, or is this just oh, me? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He, uh, he, he yeah. does a lot of good, like, uh, smelling the air. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Okay. Yes, you put it better than I could have. So. What? What look? Did you get that look in Zandali too? When when, when he realizes he's, he's the bad guy. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, he's very good at uh, realizing stuff. I, I I mean, very good. He's so talented at uh, having a face that it can really do anything. Yes, he's also very talented at existing in New Orleans. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> that is true. Um, that, that yeah, he thing. definitely exists there. Yes, he's he's always realizing that he's in New Orleans. <laughs> he's like, I should probably have an accent. Ah, fuck, it's too late. It's, uh, um, <laughs> I swear to God, every, every single Nick Cage movie has either taken place in New Orleans, Alabama, or just the South in general. Yes. Like, like in the last 10 years, every one of his movies have taken place, at least in the South. That's true. Like, that, that is the thing I had noted. And you may have noticed, listeners of this podcast, that Nicolas Cage is in very many movies set in New Orleans. And it's really odd. Um, so I think that's where I he owns like, uh, most of his property. I think that's where he like lives mostly. He had uh. a lot of stuff there because I guess he fell in love with the city of New Orleans and tried to buy things there. He bought uh, his gravesite is in yeah. a historical well, cemetery there also. One of the houses uh, he owned was owned by a literal serial killer. So, Oh, yeah. Wow. He's yeah. full of surprises. Yeah. yeah, and I think he bought that house because he wanted to write the next great American novel there. Yes, He's a, a <laughs> story about a serial killer who tortured slaves to death. It's oh. a great story to write. Uh, oh, my God. It's, it's a fucked up story. I'll just say <laughs> obviously. Yeah. But. So this is a non-rare New Orleans Cage appearance, but it is a rare bearded Nicolas Cage appearance. That's true. Like. Yes. We, yes. What's he hiding? With a beard. The only thing I've ever seen him where he's bearded was that fake trailer where he played Fu Manchu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> from what the fuck was that grindhouse? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I never the, saw that. Yeah, he's in it for like two seconds or something, I think. Oh, okay, so I didn't miss much. The, no, the Robert really. Rodriguez connection. Or, is that on the bracket? No, we have to put that on the fucking bracket because we'll I came out like, like a bonus episode. We'll throw that against his like. 30 second appearance Let's put it up in against Snowden because no, he's in it the same amount. Yeah, he's he's in that <laughs> movie more than he is fucking Fast Times and Ridgemont High. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I will say on rewatch, I actually like this movie a little more than I did the first time. I don't know if like just my mood has changed and I'm less bitter than I was in the first round where <laughs> I was watching a lot of really <laughs> terrible movies oh, back to back. They we were really... Bad. We really bad got all movies. of his worst movies right off the bat. Yeah, we did. And, and I, I think um, just you and I would agree. Left Behind was not one of them. Okay, no, I completely <laughs> disagree on that. That is at the bottom of my list. But, but it's uh, I like it a little bit more than I remember liking it. it the first act is still kind of boring, but it does pick up into like sort of a decent thriller that at least kept my attention as it yeah. went on. It's it's yeah. not terrible. It's just. I mean, it's very it's worst, for me. It's just boring. Yeah, she kind of like and whatever. Th there's a lot of good pieces to the puzzle, uh, but it just falls flat a little bit. 
And um, I mean, I liked it more than I thought I would. Like, again, like I didn't know anything about it going into it, but I was like, you know, it's up against Con Air. So I was like, it's never going to happen. It's a tough matchup. I was like, oh, it's not that bad. I was like, oh, okay. There's like a couple, a couple cool stunts here and some stuff like that to latch onto. So I was like surprised about how much I liked it. Like I thought it was going to be a a total stinker because, and I guess in the reviews it was Mm, (laughs) whatever on Rotten Tomato. (laughs) Well, there, there is a really cool stunt where they actually killed the guy who played T-Dog. That's why you never saw him in anything after this. Yeah, he he actually played a zombie on The Walking Dead. Uh, <laughs> no makeup, am I right? Uh, oh God. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's not like bang your head up against a wall terrible. It's just kind of there. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. It exists. It's just there. It I, exists. I feel like this movie could have been a lot better because I think the premise is pretty cool. I like the, yeah, the idea premise of is this good. Like, yeah, it's interesting. group that he's like drawn into. But uh, the director is really good. He like he, it's a he's a good director. Maybe mm-hmm. not. I agree. In, There's like a lot case. of weird like camera close ups that are awkward, though. Do you notice that? Uh, yeah. I noticed a couple of weird ones like there's this transitionary thing where he's like jogging and then like he opens the door to get into the apartment and walks in. And I was like, that is way too fast. That needs to be a little more drawn out to make it so you understand that time is passing. I don't know, because it's like glance yeah. away and you don't even notice the transition. It might notice that they're in the same place. But there is some weird, awkward stuff like that sometimes. But yeah, does uh, anyone else or anyone have anything else to throw in or should we go into like the Amazon reviews here? I think we should go into the Amazon reviews because yeah. I feel like there's going to be some real spicy ones here. Mm. Um, <laughs> Ooh. They are. Um, yeah, fuck me. Oh, oh fuck. I'm fuck. sorry, Dave. <laughs> I did so well last time. Why didn't I say it this time? Dave, what do you have to say about this Nick Cage classic? No. Uh, okay. 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 Sorry, is that Jesus, just dude. It? Is it just no? I don't know if you were responding <laughs> to us or if you're describing the movie. Yeah, so... Ah, fuck. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate, I would yeah, say. Yeah, accurate. yeah, well, yeah, actually, what does Nick Cage do when he sees Simon? He says, like, no, ah, I don't want to do that stuff. Yeah. And then he goes, ah, fuck, I have to do this. No, and yeah, I think... I think, makes uh, sense. I think uh, he's like, hey, Nick Cage, do you want to, like, kill people with me? He goes, no. What? No. <laughs> yeah. And then yeah. Kiss from a Rose plays. Yeah. Yeah, Kiss uh, from a Rose is over song. the I f- Yeah, I feel like every villain in a Nick Cage movie, we can just overdub Dave saying, no, what? And the movie's over. It's like five second movies, but what oh, yeah. Dave's on the um, well, thanks, Dave. Um, I'm sorry that we overlooked you for a brief moment, um, but you're an all-star, and I get love you. Get your game on. Yeah, get your game on. So our first review comes from Karen, and don't make a joke. Oh. <laughs> the, uh, Karen writes, uh, must-see movie, A-plus rating from me, uh, one of the greatest DVDs I have ever seen. <laughs> Oh, that's interesting. I guess you didn't see this really cool DVD about a hair dryer. She should check that out. That's that's flying off the shelf. Now, is it is a cool DVD like she likes the cover art, or does she actually like the movie in the DVD? Um, it must have been one of those uh, DVDs that's like double sided, and so it's like shiny all over. It was oh, it was yeah. it in 3D, and it had like German writing on it. Or? <laughs> yes. Uh, the acting was wonderful, and the storyline was so true to life. <laughs> oh shit uh, oh, Karen damn. I hope you're doing fine yeah yeah, uh, yeah Care Bear oh, oh no I oh my god I uh, have a review from Mark uh, who says fantastic film 
just a shame about the seller. So, oh. huh? There's a there's a lot to unpack here. I feel like maybe. Wait, is that seller with a C or S? Yes. Uh, <laughs> Is it like, so, like seller with an S? <laughs> okay. uh, uh, oh, like, I thought it was like seller. Like, oh, a seller got destroyed yeah. in the movie, <laughs> and he's like, too bad. There was a lot of good wine in there, and I was like, I don't remember that. Oh, you went with the wine direction. I was thinking of different. I types went of with things the wine cellar, direction. So. Yeah, th this was just a guy who was like being She's really passive aggressive about either Amazon or whoever he bought this uh, this <laughs> DVD from. Possibly. I guess, or maybe he means like. Fantastic film, just about the, it's just a shame about all the, like, peeing in the vans that they have to do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Amazon. <laughs> uh, I have a review from Madref, who uh, writes, Seeking Justice Review. Nicolas Cage's best was Con Air. <gasps> oh. It seems everything since hasn't been quite as good. His acting okay. seems forced, and he doesn't really seem to try. So um, we already have a vote from Madref on yeah, this matchup. Do they count the as one already? Yeah. They're the tiebreaker. Yes. <laughs> They're the tiebreaker for when Taylor and I vote Seeking Justice. Yes. Uh, I have a review from Kindle Customer uh, who writes, it's okay. Uh, wait, wait, Kindle Customer. Was there a novelization of this movie? Uh, no, I think they just watched this in like grayscale. <laughs> oh, Okay. <laughs> And uh, they write excellent service, and the film was okay for the price. Nothing more to add at this stage of my life. <laughs> okay. Stage of my life. <laughs> Listen, I get it. I get it, man. We all go through stuff as we age, and maybe they'll come back stage in like a couple life. years and be like, you know, oh in retrospect, I was going through a hard time, and no, I was being oh hard on God. the movie because of it. <laughs> That's the yeah. thing. There's like there's like three different stage. There's like three different stages of that guy's life. It's like wanting to buy a house, getting married, and this watching this movie. <laughs> like, what the yeah, it was like it was like pre-seeking justice, seeking justice, post-seeking justice. <laughs> These are the three stages of this guy's this movie life. You know, is life changing? Oh my god! Could you? There is somebody who's watched this movie and it has been a watershed moment in their lives, <laughs> guaranteed. It's true. And that's this person, apparently. <laughs> Well, oh uh, we're all at the stage of our lives where uh, we're happy to have watched this a first or second time. That's true. Um, maybe last. Who knows? Maybe oh. um, in that <laughs> either we'll eliminate it or we could all die today. There might be a gas leak in the building right now. I, don't I could know. probably hit a fucking deer. That's what's probably going to happen on my oh, way home. Oh, God. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna stay in. in I'm gonna stay in my house. Yeah. <laughs> now saw, you guys are stressing me out. Yeah. I, I saw fucking twenty of them in the field across the street, so I probably will hit a deer on the way. Home. Don't jinx yourself; it yeah. will happen. Fingers, <laughs> fingers crossed. Oh, no. uh, hopefully, I'm the only person that hits you on the road on the way out of here. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. Uh, okay, I mean, guys, I'm uh, running out of people to kick off the podcast. Okay, <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> don't run each other over, yeah. please. Well, after you you hit me, you can hit me up later if you know what I mean. Oh, oh, saucy. I have a one last review from Terry Sowell, um, who writes. Didn't watch it. I didn't get to watch it because my computer crashed. One star. <laughs> Great. Oh, Terry, we know you so well. Wow. Hello. That, there is, there's so many of those guys who review. Yeah, I don't know. I, oh at this God. point, all I have to say about this is like, if you didn't watch it, 
you don't have to leave a review. Oh my God. And you certainly don't have to leave like, a negative review. And <laughs> even if you have watched it, like leave your personal shit at the door. It's oh like, I'm not going to be here and be like, I, I tried to watch the movie, but my baby wouldn't stop crying. One yeah. star. You like, listen, no, right? dude, separate. <laughs> you know, for a fact, there's going to be a review of another movie we watched. Like I was going to watch it and I was coming home from prison. <laughs> on the airplane and it got hijacked so I didn't get a chance to watch it. Yeah, yeah it's like these are the same people that are going to review this podcast being like I love the episode but I couldn't see anybody. Yeah. <laughs> yes, this is what we're dealing with right now. Oh my god. Terry is just begging for our sympathy about these computer problems but I just couldn't oh give a god. shit Tear Bear. <laughs> I'm not doing it Tear Bear. Did it, was this a DVD or was this a download? Is it like digital purchase? Um, or? It doesn't say but I'm willing to bet that uh um, Terry was watching this uh, on Amazon Prime or something. Uh, his power went out, and he didn't know how mm -hmm. to turn the computer back on, and so he uh, uh, found the email uh, that he received after buying this and wrote a review <laughs> about that experience. At an uh, internet cafe. I agree. Yes. <laughs> uh, is that all the Amazon reviews? That's all the reviews I have. Terry, I hope you've get that figured out and Karen I hope things are getting better for you yeah. well holy shit that should wrap it up for seeking justice then and all that will be left is the vote rock the vote so yeah. uh how we usually do this is uh we count down well Dave gives us a countdown and or then uh, at the end of that, we all shout out the movie that we vote yeah. for at the same time and then spend okay. a little bit of time deciphering it's what a very clean <laughs> process that doesn't need to be altered. Yes, and Dave always gives us a really enthusiastic countdown. So, Dave, can you give us a countdown? No. Uh, God, oh. God okay. fucking damn it, Dave. Can Please. you just do this fucking once in your fucking life, dude? Lilo Please. from Lilo and Stitch. Is, uh, Sarah Jessica Parker. <laughs> This is, a, this is an interesting one. This is a great podcast. It's uh, a fucking awesome podcast. Dave, you got a countdown, or or should we, should I just dive in with this? Ah, fuck. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll I'll go ahead and do it. Three, two, one. Conair. Conair. Yeah, Conair, actually. Yeah, Conair. Okay, so it's unanimous. Oh, easy well, enough. Yeah, we actually have Con five Air votes all around. for Conair. Yeah, yeah because yeah. Uh, that, that other guy said nothing has been good since Conair, <laughs> Nicholas Cage wise. Now, I do think we need to clarify are people voting Conair the movie or Conair the um, <laughs> blow dryer DVD? Which both. one are you guys Honestly, voting? Honestly, both for me. Okay, because mine was also for both. Because if we don't clarify with that subheading of the title, I'm going to assume we're discussing oh, both yes. right yeah. now. Yeah, I mean, both uh, two of my favorite DVDs between Conair and then the hair one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I personally did vote for. For Con Air, put the bunny back in the box. Yes. yes. Thank you. Yes, full title, please. And Con I, Air, my hair's getting dry fast, is the other side. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. Hey, we all got long hair on this podcast. Yeah, literally everybody in this house has long hair. <laughs> we need that fucking blow dryer, baby. In fact, yes, I think, I think you have the shortest hair of all of us. Oh, uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> the one woman here has the shortest hair of all of us. It's hilarious. Well, awesome. That wraps it up. Con Air will be advancing. Yeah. What the fuck? Wasn't expecting that it. one. Yeah, I wasn't either. Yeah. <laughs> who who would have thought that Con Air, uh, one of 
Nicolas Cage's highest rated movie. Well, when I uh, initially spoke to Alana, she said, we we have to talk about Seeking Justice. And I explained the premise to her and she said, OK, well, what's it up against? And I said, Con Air. And she was like, well, fine. <laughs> yeah, it was like. When you reached out, I said, we must discuss a movie I've never heard of. <laughs> I was like, and I stand by this movie. Will be my pick. No need to do the podcast. Yes. <laughs> so I just came on here to let you guys know I have pre-selected Seeking Justice as my vote. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for staying no, true man, to Con your Air. Yeah. Con yeah. Air Con rules. Air a thousand percent. Yeah, Hell yeah. Con Air is great. Yeah. Uh, can't wait to see... What it'll be going? Oh, it's shit! It's going up against bringing out the dead. Uh, oh, next round. oh shit! Scorsese versus Malkovich. For, yes. for me, directed the movie. Yes. <laughs> for me, legit, that's going to be a hard episode. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bringing, bringing out the dead is great. That's yeah. actually rough. I would like to see both of those advance further because they're, they're not very similar movies. <laughs> no, that's no. true. At all. Um. All right, so let's rank this thing. Yeah. Um, let's rank this motherfucker. So, seeking justice, is it better or worse than two eleven? Better, it's, it's better. better. Uh, <laughs> uh, the runner, better. better. Christmas Carol the movie, better. better. USS Chocolate Indianapolis Men of Courage, better, better, better. Outcast, better. better. Rage, better. better. Zandali, better. Dying of the light, better. better. The ant bully. Better. 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 Left behind? Just barely better, but yes. Oh, my God. He actually thinks it's better than left. It's Shocking. better. Uh, it is better. It is yes. better. Uh, I will say. Fast Times at Ridgemont High? Better. 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 Less sexy, but better. Yeah, Sunny? Better. 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 Arsenal? Also less sexy. Better. 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 Uh, the Humanity Bureau? Better. Better. Army of One? Better. better. The Sorcerer's Apprentice? Better. better. World Trade Center? Better. Better. Joe, better. better. Guarding Tess, better. better. I'm gonna actually say worse. Oh wow. shit! All okay. right, okay. Uh, pay the ghost, better. Better. Probably better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how. I, that that I, was a terrifying pause. I will. Yes. As Dave is like, yes, you better fucking say better. This, I mean, this movie's not great, but I feel like uh, it's at least uh, in a different tier than Pay the Ghost. I agree with that at least. I think uh, it's like one tier. Pay the Ghost is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. (laughs) (laughs) Guarding Tess, I just feel like, is actually rather low in this list. No, it's exactly where it needs to go. I have less negative feelings towards that in retrospect than I I, did in the moment. It's it's not that I have negative feelings about Guarding Tess. It's that I've like I'm so neutral on it that I'm just like, whatever, this is better. (laughs) Uh, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. Better. Better. I'm going to say worse. Oh, okay. shit. Okay. okay. We're all uh, over the map. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bangkok Dangerous. Ooh. I'm going worse. This is where it gets tough for the Mikey boy. I'd say it's better. If you say worse, <laughs> the outcome is going to be hilarious, frankly. But It's better. Oh, it's better. Okay. <laughs> Firebirds, the movie of Peter. <laughs> Can you fucking... Oh, man. No, that would be so funny. <laughs> it's, it's better than Firebirds. It is better than Firebirds. It's better than Firebirds. We, we had a couple contradictions like that, though. Yeah, we have. Uh, dog Eat Dog. Uh, I think it's better than that, Dog Eat Dog. Because Dog um, Eat Dog is a terrible movie. Dog Eat Dog was at least more interesting in terms of cinematography. I enjoyed looking at it more. And also... But the characters were not engaging to me. It's like a complete 
uh, Dog Eat Dog and and Seeking Justice are like complete foils of each other because Dog Eat Dog is, I guess, better at the beginning and then completely falls off. Yeah. And then Seeking Justice, mm-hmm. slow to start. And yeah, and also uh, Dog Eat Dog looks pretty, but the plot is kind of bland. Yeah, and... This the, uh, the this plot one, of Seeking Justice is it, decent. It's decent, but it looks not pretty at all. Yeah, <laughs> right. yeah. Oh. And I'd rather have a movie like slow to start than a movie that falls apart at the end. Yeah. That's true. I mean, I personally would because if, if a movie is slow to start but gets better as it goes, it's like, well, oh, it's actually like if I got through the worst part, it's still going. But mm-hmm. it's like, no, the best part happens in the movie, just complete garbage after that. And it just becomes a chore to me. I think. Yeah, I would yeah. probably say better. Uh. It's tricky, though. I'm going to say worse. No, that's fair. Totally fair. So what did you vote? I said better. You said better. Okay. Birdie. I think it's worse. I I also think it's worse than Birdie. I'm going to say worse. Oh, shit. Okay. So Seeking Justice. Wait, just out of curiosity, though, what's above Birdie? Oh, it's stolen. Okay. Then yeah, I think, that, I think that's, yeah, that's about right. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, yeah, that puts Seeking Justice so far at number 14, top... Almost third of the list. Almost third. Yeah, almost third. Yeah. So somewhere between third and uh, half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's some irrational number. I think We're gonna say I think it's, it's one over two times the square root of three. Yes. Which I, I think is exactly a, where this movie deserves to be. Yeah, it's one of our more consistent rankings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This, this, this is probably the most consistent ranking we've ever done, to be honest. Like, yeah. uh, all right. So I guess uh, this is the part where we just kind of wrap up and like plug things. If uh, Alana, you uh, wanted to, even though you're probably bigger than any of us here, so uh, <laughs> by a lot. Yeah. Um, no, we're all equal. Come on now. Um, I would love it if you guys would check out my podcast, Self Esteem Party, available on Sonar Network and wherever you get your podcasts. It is the feel good podcast of the year where I chat with my comedian friends all about self care, self esteem, and whatever the hell else is going on. We are at Self Esteem Party on Instagram and at Self Esteem Party on Twitter. And if you want to follow me, I'm at the only Alana Johnston on Instagram and at Alana underscore Johnston on Twitter. Those are my plugs. Wow. Awesome. Yeah, it's a, it's a great podcast. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a great podcast. You have a lot of great uh, guests on. Uh, I know you had Carl Tardon recently, who is always mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, yeah, he's the best, man. It was so nice to catch up with oh, him. Oh, hell yeah. You've had, uh, you've had the whole Doughboys crew on. Um, yes. And... Uh, <clears throat> I, I'm basically going to block them if they don't have you back on their yeah. podcast soon. You know, uh, <laughs> I, I have a friend who lives out in the West Coast, and I told him, like, you were going to be on the show, and he was, like, legit fanboying out. I was like, yeah. oh, oh, shit. Oh, my God. Yeah. Guys, that's so sweet. He loves the Doughboy podcast, so. Yeah. We're, yeah, that, listen, I do, too. Those guys are amazing. I mean, they're like, and, like, man, way to take a simple subject and just make it so funny and like so entertaining fast food you know what i mean it's like i love it those mm. guys are the best well uh yeah uh do you do you guys have uh anything to plug um, have you been on doughboys i have not? not uh you can follow me on twitter at carlos chantor uh i don't post anything but if you want to just see a badly uh just bad everything. Just go on my Twitter account. I guess. Yeah, yeah. we're all bad. Oh wow, this is real. This is really selling it for me. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, uh, follow me on Twitter for various shit posts and now random photographs I take. Of uh, random at, wild animals. Yes. Uh, <laughs> at Infinite Jess with four S's. And um, follow our podcast on Twitter if you're not already. If you're a listener of our podcast, you probably already are. But we are at Cage Fight Pod on Twitter. Subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, that is patreon.com slash Cage Fight Podcast. And uh, if you do that, you will get access to our bonus episodes, which should be out by the time this is released, uh, with the um, Godzilla vs. Yeah. King Kong yes. bracket. With, once where- again, that guy from the West Coast, Brian, being the guest on that episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, uh, we cannot get enough of Brian. <laughs> oh, <yeah>. So cool. <laughs> uh, he, he, lo- he, looks like, uh, he looks like a combination of Dee Dee and Johnny Ramone. And, uh, of course, he's from the West Coast. Of course, and he, his fashion sense is impeccable. Seriously, Brian, excited to have you on the show. You will not hear this by the time that episode gets recorded. But Brian, still- if you're listening to this, I don't give a shit about you. Fucking poser. Oh, wow. Uh, <sighs> okay. I'm Darth Mike D, D on, on Twitter. We're gonna, uh, we're talk gonna fight about no, pee and poop and farts. Yes. Um, <laughs> poop, poop, caca. I believe oh a lot of that God. shit. And uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, awesome. I mean, the, the and, uh, guys, penis thanks tweet so much really for good. having me. Thanks so much for time. coming. Thanks on. for having me. Thank you a lot for coming on. Absolutely. And also, one more plug. Dave, do you have anything to plug? Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I got a record out. It's got a ceramic cat on it. It's called Harvey. Um, that's David W. Robinson at Bandcamp, because I'm not going to put it any, on any of the other uh, streaming things because they won't pay me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, if you'd like to buy a record um, or, hell, just listen to it for free, you can go to my Bandcamp page and listen to Harvey. Again, it has a ceramic cat on it. Yes. <laughs> it's a great album. Go Dave. Dave. Yeah. It's legit a really good fucking album. Yeah. Great stuff. Well, yeah, and I think that does it for us. So uh, join us next time when we will be covering Valley Girl and Inconceivable, which I believe we said we would cover this episode. But you probably figured out that we weren't this episode already. So join us next time. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Bye.